This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. The book of the Revelation, chapter number 3, verse number 14. The Bible says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyes sad that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. Now, here we are upon the seven churches of Asia Minor in Revelation 2 and 3. These were seven literal churches that made up the landscape of Asia Minor that John writes to while he's on the rock isle of Patmos. While these are literal churches, these were prophetic churches. They tell the story of what the church age is going to look like throughout the course of time. As you come to Revelation 3, verse number 14, you are entering into the last church. And as you enter into that last church, you are entering into the last of the church age. What the church at Laodicea looked like is what the church in the last days will look like. Now, beloved, I want to know what the church is going to look like in the last days because there is no doubt we are there. We are living in those last days. We're not just living in the last days, but we're living in the last minutes of the last days, probably in the last seconds of the last minute of the last days. And we're no doubt inside of that church of Laodicea, that last day's church. Now, I want to know what that church looked like. So this morning, if you will just pique my interest a little bit and go with me. I've got a wild imagination, so this morning I'm probably going to use more of that wild imagination than I normally do. I want us now to go back 2,000 years, and I want us to make our way into the tip of Asia Minor. I want us to go down to the city of Laodicea that sits about 5 to 10 miles off of the Lycus River. Let's go now into that wealthy city that had need of nothing, is what John said that that church talked about. They're in the center of the city. We'll find us a church that looks a lot like a local Baptist church. We'll find the first Baptist church of Laodicea. Let's go now this morning into that church. I've heard this is a hopping place. In fact, it says there in the book of Revelation chapter number 3 that they're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Man, I bet their building is immaculate. I bet their facility is immaculate. And it's amazing as we go 
go down to that church at Laodicea. We're inside of the parking lot as people are getting off of their chariots and they're getting off of their horses. Man, they are dressed to the heels. They've got the finest of the fine on, but here is the problem. Things are not as they appear. In fact, that Bible right there tells us not one good thing about the church of Laodicea. So this morning, I want us to make our way into the back door of the church at Laodicea. And it's time this morning to look at the membership role. And it's time this morning for roll call at the church of Laodicea. Let's find what the membership is made up of there at that last day's church. Let's find what it looks like there in the city of Laodicea because what it looks like on their roll book is what the modern day church is going to look like. Now let me just stop and take one of my three timeouts that I'm granted every single Sunday morning and say our churches are in a mess. Now I'm telling you, you come to this church, don't you think for one single second that the churches out there look like what you experience on a weekend and week out basis. I'm telling you right now, the church as I know it, the places that I go, the places that I sit in, the churches that I am a part of out there, the places that I go preach revival, the people that come into this church and join this church that are part of other churches. Honey, it is a dire picture. It is a bad state of affairs. And so this morning, let's go and have roll call in the church of Laodicea. I can tell y'all going to eat this up this morning. Roll call at the church of Laodicea. Well, as we make our way and sit on the back row just so that we can figure out what's going on inside of the church. The first person that we meet is a man that we'll call Pastor Acclamation. Pastor acclamation. You say, where do you see that? Well, if you look in verse number 14, notice what the Bible says in verse 14. It says, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Now, that struck me immediately when I read that. Why? Because I want you to look at chapter 3, verse number 1. Watch what the Bible says. And unto the angel of the church... In Sardis. What did it say about the church at Laodicea? To the church, look back at verse 14. To the church of the Laodiceans. Remember what I've told you, every word in that Bible means something and it's all there for a reason. Let's look down. That maybe is just a fluke. Let's look at verse number 7 of the same chapter. Notice what verse number 7 says. And to the angel of the church... In Philadelphia. Now, here is what's interesting about that. The churches that were in Sardis, good things are said about that church. The church that is in Philadelphia, good things are said about that church. But here's the difference between in those places and being of Laodicea. That word of is a dative. Now, don't that doesn't matter to you, and it shouldn't matter to you. But whenever you see a dative in the Greek, it means something is showing possession. Possession. Laodicea should have owned the city. Psalm chapter 2, verse number 8. Ask of me and I'll give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. It is God's will for a people to go into a city and see Christ lifted up in a place. But now Laodicea didn't own the town. The town owned Laodicea. 
You see, Pastor Acclamation, he was one of these good guys. I mean, he just, he had it all together. Everything about Pastor Acclamation, when you came to verse number 14, he was hip, man. He was cool. He had it all together. Everywhere he went, people tipped their cap to him. You know why? He was just like them. Now, I'm not talking about being of the same town. I'm not talking about being of the same way. I'm talking about being of the same demeanor. I'm talking about being of the same attitude. I'm talking about being of the same spiritual conviction. Man, Pastor Acclamation, he didn't have a problem going to the places that the church members went to. He didn't have a problem going out to where the people in Laodicea went to. Man, he was cool. Everywhere he went, people knew him as another rad, bad guy. They knew him as a guy that they could trust. Oh yeah, he came into the house of God, and when he came into the house of God, nobody thought he was an old fuddy-dud. Nobody thought he was a dinosaur that was stuck in a new time. Nobody thought he was outdated. Man, everybody thought he was modern. Everybody thought he was up with the times. Everybody thought he had it together. He had his jeans that looked like you poured him into it. He had on his flip-flops and he had on this. Now, here's the point. None of that matters. You can have flip-flops. You can have shorts. You can preach in a bikini if that's what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. But I promise you the Holy Ghost ain't going to tell you to do that. You know why? Because whenever you make a thing the thing, you have made the thing just a thing. Whenever you make peripheral things, what you wear and what you do and how you go. When you make that what you focus on, you have made Christ the thing of no report. Everything I do, I want to point you to Christ. Everything we sing, I want to point you to Christ. Oh, but not pastor acclamation. You see, Christ is outdated at the church at Laodicea. Nobody wants to hear about the preaching of the cross. That's too uncomfortable. Man, that just makes me feel slimy all over when you talk about conviction and you talk about sin and you talk about wrong and you talk about being unfaithful and you talk about not being right. Man, that just makes me creep on the inside and they found them a pastor down at Laodicea that didn't get on them about being lukewarm, didn't get on them about not walking with Christ, didn't get on them about going here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you look around right now, where are the men of God? Where are the preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where are the men that's had hell shook out of them, had heaven put inside of them and have been dipped down in the anointing of the Holy Ghost that have had their soul turned inside out, have heaven poured in them. Where are the men that have got lungs like leather and a backbone like steel and have got a heart full of love for people that are dying and going to a devil's hell? No, we got pastor acclamations all over the hillsides, all over the countryside. They want people to be comfortable. They want people to feel good. They want people to know that it's okay not to be right. Listen, it's okay not to be right, but it ain't okay not to stay right. God wants you to do right. He wants you to live right. He wants you to get right. He wants you to walk right. He wants you to do right. Listen, it's not bad that you're a sinner. It is bad if you stay a sinner knowing that Jesus Christ died for your sins. But man, you know, I like Pastor Acclamation. He's fun. He don't ever make me feel bad. You know the problem with Pastor Acclamation? Every time I walk out of the First Baptist Church of Laodicea, I'm just as empty as when I walked in. I'm just as broken as when I walked in. Man, Pastor Acclamation, he's up with the times. Pastor Acclamation's the kind of guy who isn't going to condemn anybody. He's just going to say, we're all going to be okay. 
He's the kind of guy that's going to stand up and he may tell you about your checkbook and he may tell you about your this and he may tell you about your that, but he's never going to tell you about what Christ did for you. Never going to tell you. And I'll tell you right now, you can go to those churches over there. You can go to those churches over there. You can go to those churches over there. And they are a dime a dozen. You can find you a man anywhere you want that will make you feel good. But listen to me. I may be a fuddy-dud. I may be old-fashioned. But I don't want a preacher to tell me what I'm doing right. I want a preacher that will tell me how I can make it right. I don't want a preacher that can tell me where I'm I'm doing it good. I want a preacher to tell me how I can get better. How I can be more like Christ. Christ, how I can walk in the way and follow my shepherd and lead the people of God. I want a man of God that's got God in his soul and Christ as his vision. But down at the First Baptist Church of Laodicea, Pastor Acclamation leads the show. And the Bible says he has become just like them. Can I help you with something? If the leader of the church is just like the people in the city by way of their conviction and their spirit and their walk with Christ and their prayer walk and their Bible study. I promise you, if the pastor is here, the people will go no higher than the pastor. And so if the pastor looks just like the world out there, what are the people going to look like? You have to lead. And Pastor Acclamation says, we can't do that. People are going to feel uncomfortable. Number two, we've got to keep going. Pastor Acclamation's gone off to the side to get him a bottle of water. And the next man that comes up to lead the program, I call him Brother Aimless. Brother Aimless. You say, what's wrong with Brother Aimless? Look at what it says in verse number 15 about Brother Aimless. He says, thou art neither cold nor hot. Now, we've taken that to mean... We've taken that to mean that God wants you to be, because he says, I would, that thou were cold or hot. We take that to mean God either wants you to be ice or he wants you to be on fire. That's not what that means. Hot and cold, cold and hot. That was a reference to two things. Number one, the hot, it was a reference to the city of Ephesus. In the city of Ephesus, there were hot baths and hot natural springs. And people that had arthritis would travel to Ephesus just to dip down in the hot springs. And whenever they would get down in the hot springs, their bodies would be healed. Then the cold is a reference to the wells, the cold water springs at Colossae. Colossae had natural wells that would spring up all over the city. And they say that when you would dip down, the most thirsty soul could find refreshing in the cool well of Colossae. You know the problem? Hot water at Ephesus is a lot different than cold water at Colossae. But you know what they both did? They both did what God made them to do. Which is right, hot or cold. You do what God wants you to do. You know the problem with Laodicea? It said you're not hot healing anybody and you're not cold refreshing anybody. He said you are nothing. You know hot water will help you. If you're cold, you can get in a hot bath and feel a lot better. Some of you got achy joints and you got achy bones. You can get in a bathtub with Epsom salt with hot water and it'll kind of loosen up your bones. Look at the young people up here just nodding their head. Y'all don't know nothing. You don't know. The only people that get to have hot baths to refresh are old people and preachers. Say amen right there. They're the only people that go through anything. And how many of you know 
on a thirsty day, a cool drink of water from the well will refresh your soul. Beloved, two different strokes for different folks. You know, churches are different. I tell young preachers all the time when I go, they say, how do I get this? How do I get that? I say, no, 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 no. You don't be me. You don't try to do what I'm doing. You do what God tells you to do. You go where God tells you to go. I tell people in this church, we're part of a body, but we're all different members. You've got a gift, and you've got a gift, and you've got a gift, and you've got a gift. And don't be mad because your gift is not this person. Your gift is not this person. You know the problem? problem with brother aimless he has no purpose he doesn't accomplish anything you know what the last day's church is going to look like a useless toenail it's got an appearance like it's supposed to be a part of something but it's got no function you know why it ain't got no fun? I can tell y'all are eating this up this morning, but I'm feeling pretty good right now talking about it you know why it ain't got no function it ain't got no function because it ain't got no unction you can't have function without unction. You can't have purpose without power. You can't have good without God. You can't have it. It's not possible. And the last day's church, you know what they'll do? The last day's church, see if it strikes a chord with anybody. You'll come in. And you know that's supposed to have a purpose. But when you leave, you say, what did I just go to? What was I just a part of? What did I just deal with? You see, Brother Aimless is leading the show. That last day's church, it will be so pointless. You know, I preach a lot of revivals, and I'm thankful the church lets me go to be a blessing. But you know, I go into some churches, and it ain't about the size. I've been in some big churches, Austin, me and you have been there, and we go in, and we walk out. And Austin kills me when I go to these revivals. He's a comic. Everywhere he's a comic, except when I need him to be a comic. And I'll get in the car, and Austin will be driving, and he'll look at me, and he won't crank the car. Now, I've sweat through everything I've got on, but the boy won't crank the car. I've turned the air conditioning on, and he'll look over at me. He'll go, we need to have a talk. <laughs> he'll say, what were we just in. You know my response? You were in a Laodicean church. You know why people enjoy coming to this church? Because this church is walking in its purpose. We are not like the churches down the road. That's not bad. Though Every church has got a gift that God wants it to accomplish. And in this day of interconnectability and live stream, I am so thankful that you can go home and watch live stream and hear preachers that preach on things that I haven't preached on and preach in ways that I don't preach on. But beloved, here's what I'm telling you. The last day's church, they'll constantly be trying to be like everybody else and will accomplish nothing. Can I ask you a question, though, child of God? Are you walking in your gift? Are you doing what God has called you to do? Now, I'm not talking about, I, I, I'm not a singer. God didn't call everybody to be singers. And some of the people that are singing, God ain't called. <laughs> I've been in them churches. Here's my question. Are you fulfilling the God-ordained purpose for which you were born? 
You say, what does that mean? God birthed you for a reason. And it's not to always preach the gospel. It's not to be a preacher in a revival. It may not, some of you right now, it may be to be a businessman and to support the work of God. Some of you right now, it is to be a mother and raise your children. Some people right now, it's to go to college and be a faithful witness. Whatever it is, my question is, are you fulfilling your purpose or are you just wandering aimlessly through life? You see, Brother Aimless gets up every Sunday. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who comes. It doesn't matter who goes. Just whatever. But then there's another person in the last day's church at Laodicea. You see, Brother Aimless has got to take his seat because his part of the program is over. He says, all right, before I leave, I want to introduce our singer for this morning. Our singer for this morning, her name is Sister Apathetic. You say, what does apathetic mean? She don't care. You say, where do you get that? Look at what verse number 16 is. He says, because then thou art lukewarm. You know what lukewarm is? Lukewarm is that temperature between hot and cold. And I don't know. I eat at a lot of restaurants. I have one pastime. People want me to golf. They want me to fish. If you'll take me to a restaurant, I'll fellowship with you. But that's about all I'm doing. <laughs> there is two ways to eat food. Hot. Cold. But if you feed me that stuff in that temperature in the middle, we are thinking I have a problem. I was watching one time down at the Blue Ribbon, down in Burlington. We used to live in McLean's when I was a boy. There was a, a, a gentleman down there, and he, he, I, I'm not sure if, he, if somebody in his party spoke or used sign language or if, or if he was, I have no idea, but he was, he was signing to the lady, and he signed that he wanted a piece of apple pie. She brought him out the apple pie. My mama remembers this story, and she's sitting there. You remember this story, Caitlin? Man, we were sitting there, and they brought it, and evidently, Amy, it was cold. He took it, and he shook his hands, and he signed back to her, and she took the plate. She brought it back. It couldn't have been gone 15 seconds. She brought it back, and he bit into it, and he pushed it away again. This happened five or six times. Now, I don't know what he was saying, but I know this. He couldn't stand that pie being lukewarm. He couldn't stand it. You know, the best thing is detestable at a lukewarm temperature. You can have the finest coffee is disgusting at a lukewarm temperature. You can have the best Coca-Cola and it's disgusting at a lukewarm temperature. You can have the best steak, but it's disgusting at a lukewarm temperature. Can I tell you right now, you can have the best church, but it is disgusting at a lukewarm temperature. You can have the best singer, but a singer that is lukewarm in their walk with God is disgusting in the eyes of God. You can have the best choir, but if a choir is not walking in the freshness of the Holy Ghost of God, they are disgusting. Can I tell you what some of you are right now? You're just halfway between hot and you're halfway between cold. You just kind of live 
live in this lackadaisical, lukewarm state where nobody can really complain that you're cold. Nobody can really say that you're hot. You're just kind of there. Beloved, some of y'all need to do what that precious man at Blue Ribbon did that time. You know what he did? He finally took that plate. And if I'm lying, I'm dying about this. My sister will tell you. He took that plate and he shoved it out of the way. And he did this. Now, I don't know what sign that is. But I can tell you what that waitress thought it meant. She was gone for two and a half minutes. Son, she brought that thing and the glass plate was boiling. I guess he still thought it was lukewarm. He took that fork. He cut in to that piece of pie. I mean, I could see the fire springing up off of those apples. Man, he took a bite into that thing. He stuck it in his mouth. And the next thing I know, he went, "Ah!" Here's been my prayer for this church. Here's been my prayer for you believers. Here's been my prayer for the people that are visiting. Here's been my prayer for the people that are watching. Here's been my prayer. Those of you that are living in that last day's lukewarm state, that God would put you in the microwave oven of Holy Ghost pyre and would put you back in that place where you are on fire. And all those people that have gotten used to your lukewarmness, honey, when they go to taste your soul and when they go to get around you, they are scalded like a hog in the power of the Holy Ghost that's on your life. Beloved, I'm telling you right now, in the last days, Sister Apathetic, she don't care what happens. If her song goes good, if the musicians do good, if the preacher does good, who cares? She's lukewarm. But as I'm sitting in the back of the church at Laodicea, there's one more old boy I just can't seem to get over. He's that old boy that's sitting on the side and he's just bouncing. Now, he ain't real attractive looking and he ain't got on a nice suit and tie. In fact, he kind of looks halfway pitiful. He's got a scraggly little beard and his hair's kind of disheveled a little bit, but you can tell he's hooked up to something. You can't fully explain, but honey, he's a bouncing. And I mean every song they sing, I don't care if they crack a note. I don't care if they sing it like an opera. I mean every time, he's just over there bouncing. You say, what's his name? I don't know, but I like to refer to him as poor old Mr. Anointed. You say, where do you get him? Well, in verse number 20 of our chapter, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You say, who is poor old Mr. Anointed? Mr. Anointed is that guy that every church needs to have. And man, he's kind of outside of the mold. He's that guy whenever you get around him, everybody gets real uncomfortable. He's that guy always lifting his hand. He's that guy that's always shouting hallelujah. He's he's that guy that's over there going unto God. He's that guy that's saying hallelujah. He's that guy. Nobody really wants to sit around him because 
every time you sit around him. He don't want to talk about sports. He don't want to talk about golf. He don't want to talk about fishing. He don't want to talk about hunting. All he's talking about is what Jesus has done for him that week. And you kind of get to that place where you say, it's just a little over the top. This guy must be trying to prove a point. You bet your bottom dollar he's trying to prove a point. You know what his point he's trying to prove is? That he was in darkness, but he's now in light. He was on his way to hell, but now he's on his way to heaven. He was a part of the family of the devil, but now he's a part of the family of God. And you finally get that place where you sit down because you really don't know what he's about. And you sit down after about 35 seconds of being mighty uncomfortable. Man, you sit and say, man, is there another open seat in the house? And you go over and you move and the whole service, honey, he's a bouncing. He's a jarring. He's just moving like his. Man, they get up and sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. And that little hand goes up and he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And they sing a new song that'll say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Honey, he raises his hand and he lifts it up. They sing a song. Man, they pull out the drums and they start clicking the drums. He says, hallelujah. The old people play the organ. He says, hallelujah. They play the piano. He says, hallelujah. It doesn't matter. It was an old boy got up saying, Cotton Eye Joe. He raised his hand and said, glory, hallelujah. You know why? It doesn't matter what's being said. It doesn't matter what's being sung. He's got hooked up to another world. He's got hooked up to another God. He's got hooked up. Nobody wants to be around him, but because every time they get around him, they feel fire. Every time they get around him, they feel fire. Every time they get around him, they feel fire. Every time they get near him, they feel Holy Ghost, unction, and they despise it. Man, the preacher got up that night. I was at that church at Laodicea, and he stood up, oh, Pastor Acclamation, and he lifted up. He said, tonight, we're going to have a business meeting. We're in need, and he named the need. He said, but we can't afford it. And poor old Mr. Anointed stood up and said, God will make a way. Oh, but Brother Aimless couldn't stand it. He stood up and said, you may run your family by faith, but there is a business side to the church. I know you run a business that way, but the church, I know it's spiritual. But there's still a business side to it. And poor old Mr. Anointed, he's not real boisterous. But you know what he'll say? We walk by faith and not by sight. We trust in the God that made the sun and the moon and the stars. Man, those people at Laodicea, they look at him and they say, what's wrong with you finally? The business meeting ends and nobody gets anything done. And Mr. Anointed walks out and he's got tears in his eyes. And some of those old dead good-for-nothing brother aimlesses walk out to him. And Sister Apathetic is a-waving that old snotty finger in his face saying, let me tell you something, son. Church ain't run today like it used to be run. It's not the same today like it used to be and poor old Mr. Anointed says I know I know it's not but isn't it time we get back to being the kind of church that we should have been way back yonder and they say can I just ask you a question how are you like this why do you have that kind of faith why do you have that kind of belief and he looks at him and he says oh I'll tell you why he said one day I was at my house and I heard a knock on my heart's door and I heard a voice that was calling my name and I opened up the door and it was him 
it was him. It was the rose of Sharon. It was a lily of the valley. It was a bright in the morning star. It was the one that was fairer than 10,000. It was the God man. It was the Savior. It was the light of the world. It was the hope of heaven. It was Jesus and Jesus, the God of all gods, the King of all kings, the light of all lights, the peace of all peace, the goodness of all goodness, the grace of all grace, the hope of all hope. He wanted to come and sup with me. And Mr. Anointed said, but Lord, I don't have any money. And the Lord said, you don't need money because I send manna in the wilderness. And he said, Lord, but I don't have any bread. And the Lord said, I am the bread. But Lord, I don't have anything to give you any joy in my house. He said, I am the winemaker. Oh, but God, I'm going through a storm. He said, I'm the wave walker. Oh, but God, I'm at a place I can't get through. He said, I'm the sea parter. He said, but oh God, I can't do this. He said, but I can. You God, I can't go. He said, but I can go. God, I don't have a way. He said, I am the way. But God, I don't know what the truth is. He said, I am the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, today, I'm not looking to be the biggest. I'm not looking to be the baddest. I'm not looking to be the highest. I'm not looking to be the widest, but I am looking to be the one that has opened the door to the Lamb of God. And I may not have the biggest this. I may not have the greatest that, but my door is open to the Lord Jesus Christ. And beloved, listen to me now. Listen to me now. We may never ever be known as having the best of the best. But God be my witness. We can be that church that has opened the door wide to the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, are money people welcome in the church? If they love Jesus. Are poor people welcome in the church? If they love Jesus. Are white people welcome in the church? If they love Jesus. Are black people welcome in the church? If they love Jesus. Are women welcome in the church? If they love Jesus. Are men welcome in the church? If they love Jesus. Are Democrats welcome in the church? If they love Jesus, then they become a Republican. But they'll love Jesus. Are Republicans welcome in the church? If they love the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is not a political house. This is not a financial house. This is not a judge house. This is not a lawyer's house. This is not a doctor's house. This is the Lord's house. This is God's house. This church belongs to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to be poor old Mr. Anointed. And if nobody thinks we're anybody, the day will come when they go looking for Jesus, and guess what house they'll find him in? Roll call at the church of Laodicea.